Craft Beer Radio coverage of Savor, an American craft beer and food experience. Salon number two, pairing America's favorite dips. Presented by Dave Lieberman, chef, TV host, and blogger. Sponsored by Here's to Beer. My name is Julia Herz. I'm proud to be with the Brewers Association, who is uh, presenting Savor, an American craft beer and food experience. How's tasting in the hall going on? How's that? All right. You have some of the finest brewers in the U.S., and many of those brands are not available in D.C., so that's what's exciting, um, I think, for you as participants tonight. Um, I want to talk about uh, American Craft Beer Week. That's why we're doing Savor. Uh, American craft brewers are amazing community citizens, and uh, that is why we came to D.C., our nation's capital, to celebrate. How many people are actually from D.C. in the room? How many people not from D.C.? Oh, wow, nice 50-50 split. How many people actually flew in and, and for savor? That'd be amazing. Oh, really? Fantastic, fantastic. How many people have been to the Brickskeller? Yep. A lot of local beer culture going on in D.C. I grew up in D.C., great place to be. So what I want to do is kind of give you a lay of the land of what we're about to do in this next hour. You, by the way, are in very good hands with these plastic cups in front of you. Now, we're all about elevating the image of beer here tonight, but I want to tell you that those cups are used in judging situations at the Great American Beer Festival as well as at the World Beer Cup, which are the Olympics of beer. They are odorless and tasteless. They will not impart any flavor into the products that you are appreciating right now. So um, they are there for your purposes, not to take away from the beer in any fashion. So please be, be appreciative of your cups. Um, cell phones off. If you have to leave, you need to leave through the back and you need to bring your ticket with you to get back in, please. Um, and we want to go ahead and talk about why Savor is happening. Reyes Beverage Group is the um, presenting partner and we appreciate anybody from Reyes here tonight. Amazing sport. I saw a little hand in the back looking shy back there. Okay, And then Here's to Beer, who Dave Lieberman is actually with. We have Jay Cunningham here who is with Here's to Beer. Here's to Beer is doing amazing things to help elevate the image of beer. You know, wine has become a more obtainable beverage, right? It's become more understandable to many of us, more accessible. Beer has elevated its way up, and that's why we're able to have fancy evenings like this with beer and food. And Here's to Beer is one of the reasons why things like that. There's a website that they have, here's to beer.com, little applause, and I'm going to get Jay to say a sentence or two about what that website's all about. Thanks, Julie. I appreciate it. I'm Jay Cunningham, and I'm with Here's to Beer. Uh, we've had a great working relationship with the BA over the last couple of years, so uh, I thank you on behalf of Here's to Beer. Um, our main initiative is to elevate and enhance the image of beer. 20 years ago, conventional consumer wisdom was that uh, there was two forms of wine, red and white, and look what that industry has done over the last 25 years. So our main initiative is to bring back uh, uh, consumers or beer lovers into, uh, into our category or into uh, beer drinking. Um, they are stealing, hard liquor and wine are stealing beer drinking occasions. So we're here to showcase the complexity and variety uh, that beer has to offer. You know, wine lovers would uh, 
basically, you know, mistake complexity with sophistication. But, but we're here to showcase that beer is just as complex, if not more com- uh, complex and more sophisticated than wine. And our working relationship with Dave Lieberman started about a year and a half ago, and we're extremely happy uh, that uh, he represents, you know, the push for uh, beer culture in America. And so he is our online facilitator for a thing called the Beer Connoisseur, which is this online educational program that walks you through the wonderful world of beer and all the positive attributes of beer from ingredients, brewing styles, uh, brewing processes, and then getting into Dave's wheelhouse, uh, uh, beer and food. Dave is, uh, you might have seen him on TV for some of his cooking shows on the Food Network, and now he does something on, was it Yahoo? What, what's it called again? Because I know him so well. <laughs> In search of real food. So he's uh, an advocate of just healthy purchasing, healthy living through, through smart food. So without any further ado, I give you uh, Dave Lieberman. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jay. Um, well, I'm happy to see all of you here. I, I was at Garrett Oliver's seminar before this, and he had a full house, and I was going to be really sheepish if no one showed up for my thing. So I thank you all for showing up. And I don't want to uh, speak too much for Jay and sort of what he was thinking before he got me on board, but I think I have a, a very good understanding of sort of why we're doing what we're doing. And Jay's well, his introduction said that I'm sort of an, a good face for this push for beer culture. And I think it makes sense because I think what we saw as the opportunity in really elevating beer had a lot to do with getting into those situations with food that people normally associate, or sophisticated, uh, sophisticated situations that people normally associate with wine, and saying, hey, look, we can really do all these great pairings with beer. And I think it took a guy like myself who really knows food and has some, you know, some experience with food and pairing with all kinds of stuff to say this is which works just as well. And that's really what uh, this, this little demonstration is about. I mean, it's very straightforward. It's, it's just dips, and there's nothing complicated about the cooking here. It's not really even cooking. Um, it's just mixing stuff in a bowl. But the reason why I chose to do it like this was because I want to start with something that everybody was familiar with sort of common ground, say everybody, I didn't know how sophisticated people were going to be here in terms of beer. I think you all have more sophistication than I gave you credit for, judging by what's outside. But the idea was everybody knows that dips and beer go well together, but we're going to do some more interesting, complicated dips, like, like my, my, sam, my salmon dip, and there's also a blue cheese dip, which isn't really that complicated. But just saying, like, here's an array of things that we're all comfortable with, and then here are some beers that you may not have considered, and that's really all it's about. So to open people's mind up to the possibilities that beer offers. Okay, so I guess we'll just get started. Are there any questions to start off with to begin? No? Okay. Uh, all right, so the first, I, I made some notes too, because uh, I don't want to forget anything, because there's... There's so much important to say when it comes to beer and dips, you know? All right, so the first one is, in fact, that smoked salmon dip. And this is, I want to say, sort of the more subtle. It's not really subtle, but it's of, of all of these, it's probably the most subtle. And that's kind of, in general, what I try and do when I'm pairing beer and food. A couple of weeks ago, Jay and I did this amazing dinner out in St. Louis where uh, we're based, or where uh, Here's the Beer is based, and we 
did like this four-star meal and paired with these great local brews, and it was really fantastic. This is not the setting for that. We could do that, but this is, this is a little bit more casual and informal. So with the smoked salmon, it's got some more mellow, more mellow, subtle flavors, and for that, I want also a more mellow beer. And so that's why I'm, we're pouring Hefeweizen, which I'm sure most of you are familiar. Who is familiar with Hefeweizen? Who is not familiar with Hefeweizen? Great. I, see, you're, I, thank you very much. You, you got your, your courageous man, you know? So Hefeweizen, I think, is a great pairing beer because it has sort of fruit, f- floral characteristics. It's got some hoppings. I think it has everything that you want from a beer, but it's very well balanced, and it has a lot of character, so it can stand up to, to a lot of food. So with, let's go ahead and taste... Do you all have the have a bison, by the way? Not yet? Okay, well, the salmon is, you're going to have to probably dip your finger in it, to be honest, because it looks similar to the blue cheese. And what's that? Well, I don't know how your plate is arranged. Uh, what, so just go ahead and dip your finger in one of the two white ones, and uh, it'll either be salmon or blue cheese, and if it's blue cheese, then it's the other one. What's that? All right, so... While they're pouring beer, you have a chance to figure out which one is the salmon dip. Now, this is, this is Harpoon. And Harpoon is here. Is anybody from Harpoon here in the room? No? Okay. Because what was really great about this dinner that we did a couple weeks ago was that all of the brewers, the brewmasters, who had brewed the beer that I was pairing with, came up and talked about the beer, how it's made, and I was hoping that some of the brewers would be here, but uh, it's all right. I'll just, I'll just, I can't talk as intelligently as about about their beers. They could, but I'll try. Um, so with this with this beer, it's not as sort of weedy and florally and fruity as a lot of Hefeweizens, but I like that particularly for this pairing because it's more clear, clean, crisp, and hoppy, which I think really suits this pairing well. But it still has the characteristics of a Hefeweizen. It's got nice, tight carbonation. And I think that's an important note that you'll see going through this. And Garrett Oliver made a really nice point earlier in his seminar about the ability of carbonation to to clean the palate and and actually work with fatty foods. And he was comparing it to wine. and And he was doing a cheese tasting. And there's some similarities here because in this, in particularly the, the blue cheese dip and the salmon dip, it's based on dairy product. So sometimes that can coat the mouth and you can have trouble really getting through that coating. And that's, and, and that's what carbonation helps to do. And this is a nice tight carbonation and I think works really well. And with the, with the salmon, it, it is a, it's, it's a, it's a strong flavor, but you still don't want to overpower it. And I think this is sort of like that, that medium to light bodied experience, which, which is what I was looking for. All right. Has anybody, has everybody pretty much done that one? Does anyone want to say anything about it or um, comments? What? Thanks, Jake. No, you can, I can always count on you to support me. So Jay said it's a wonderful pairing. All right. Does anybody else have anything to say? Does, I mean, really, throw in. Yeah. What's in the dip? It's basically uh, mostly sour cream. It's got a little yogurt, smoked salmon, black pepper, lemon juice. That's it. Yes, 
these are very I, these these dips everybody can replicate. And you know, if we if we had, I kind of want to send you all away with recipe cards, but we don't have those. Um, so we'll do we'll think of that next next year. We're it's always learning process. What's that? Yeah, I mean, actually, I did. Funny you should say that. I did a show for for Food Network on beer, and actually, we featured Garrett Oliver in it. We went to Brooklyn Brewery and did a tour and stuff. It was really great. Anybody been to to a brewery? Any done the tour? Done tours? It's fun. You should do it. Anybody who hasn't, it's really actually very educational to see how it's made because you can conceptualize it. But actually, going through the going through a brewery really is amazing. It really solidifies things. Okay, does anybody else want to say anything before we go on to the next one? Nope. Okay, how's everybody feeling, by the way? Yeah, all right. Everybody had a little bit of beer? Feeling good? Okay. All right. All right, so the next thing we're going to do is this... Um, we're going to do this just like guac and salsa, because everybody loves guac and salsa, and look, as a chef coming up here and... You know, this is not fancy food. This is not chefy food. This is just what people like, and I, this, that's the point: is that I wanted to give some 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 gr- some groundwork for people to say, "Hey, I'm going to take this home because I make guac and salsa, and I can make this stuff, and now I'm going to pair it with beer." Because it's great if you, if I came up here and did all this fancy food, and they're like, "Wow, that was really interesting," but I'm never going to do that myself. So this is all stuff that you guys can do on your own and go home and actually do these pairings. So the guac and salsa, my guac and salsa is really simple. Uh, you asked about what was in the salmon dip. This is just for my guac. I, I just do guacamole, uh, sorry, uh, avocados, onions, garlic, lion juice, cilantro. Sometimes I'll use red onion instead of yellow onion, but really I think the simpler the better. I also sometimes add a little bit of olive oil just for like mouthfeel, but, and that, that's, that's pretty much it. I go heavy on the garlic. And I do the same thing. A lot of these same ingredients are also featured in the, in the salsa. It's basically the same ingredients, but just with, with tomatoes as the base instead of avocados. Is anyone unclear about how guac and salsa are made? Okay, great. That means I can move on to talking about beer, which is why I'm here anyway. So for these two things, well... Chris, did you need to say something? Oh, really? Great. And um, are we, do you want to say something about, is there a beer that you want to say something about? The Porter? Okay, great. Great, so we actually will be able to hear from a brewer from Flying Dog. I'm featuring their Porter in the, I think it's in this, actually the next dip. That's great. Thank you for, for coming. So for the guacamole and the salsa, you want something that's going to be able to stand up to all that garlic flavor. And also for the guac, you want something that's going to cut through the fattiness of avocado. So for this, we're stepping it up in terms of, of hoppiness and acidity, and we're going with the Summerfest lager from Sierra Nevada. Has anybody, did everybody sample the Summerfest out there already? Anybody from Sierra Nevada here? No? Okay, good. All right, so anyway, this is a Pilsner-style lager. You're on the porter? What's that? You're on the porter? Oh, okay. All right. Well, then we'll go back to the... That, that's, not the that's not the pairing for the guac and salsa, so we're going to have to go back to that. Um, the porter is actually for, um, the, actually for the, uh, the, the bean dip. 
What, what, what's, what's all the humming and haw, hemming and hawing about? No, no. Okay, maybe there wasn't any hemming and hawing. All right. <laughs> okay, so the, the bean dip, it's smoked. I put some, some chipotles in there, which are smoked. That's what chipotles are, smoked jalapenos for heat and for that smokiness. And it's got also kind of a creamy mouthfeel from the beans, even though there's nothing creamy in there. And for that, thank you. Yes. So this is a smoke, smoke porter, and I'm going to have Flying Dog come up here and talk to us about how this beer is made. But the reason why I wanted to pair it with this is because it also has a smoky characteristics, and we'll hear how, how that characteristic is achieved. But it also has sort of like the malty qualities. It's got some nice residual sugar, I think. It's, it's, I mean, it's dry as well, but it's got that nice malt to it. Um, got some caramel, chocolate, coffee notes, which I think pair well, actually, with the smokiness and the, and the, and the bean, sort of like the cream bean quality of the bit. Yes, sir. This, it's the, this, the smoke porter goes with a bean dip, which is the brown-looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you want to come up here and talk to us about the beer? What's that? Okay. I, I think they got... Did they, they poured me this? Did they accidentally pour me the... Okay. Then the, the flying dog is actually for the... The flying dog is actually for the, the blue cheese dip. So that's not... That's not till the end. In two. Okay. Okay, so this is actually the stone smoke porter. Sorry. Okay, I'm getting confused. Um, so basically... Is everybody, you're okay? You're doing okay? All right. You're not too confused? All right. So that's why I wanted, you already heard why I wanted to pair the smoked porter with my bean dip. It's a, it, you talk a lot in pairing about contrasting and complementing or harmonizing. And this is more of a, a complementing and harmonizing pairing. That's it. Yes, sir. Yep. Well, the first thing that I say about that is you got to eat a lot and you got to drink a lot of beer yeah. first. <laughs> yeah. Because then you understand both playing fields. So you have to have this these kind of this this space or like these these concepts in your head of what everything tastes like first before you can start pairing things. So that just means like tasting a lot of beer and knowing the the kind of food that you cook and how it's going to taste. At that point, you can say, do I want to contrast or do I want to complement the flavors here? What about the textures? What about the fat content? What about acidity? Yeah. You know what? You can go either way. That's the thing. You can, go, you can either contrast the, the flavors or you can complement them. So in this case, I wanted to, I wanted to complement them. And that, and that actually had a lot to do but with looking at the beers that I had available to me. So I went down the list and I said, oh, this, is a, this, will, be a perfect, this will be a perfect pairing. So sometimes it just jumps out of you. If you have a, if you have a, a beer in the fridge and you say, gosh, you know, I, I want to drink that beer, well, let's think of a food that's going to pair. It can go from either the beer side or the food side to drive your pairing. And then you just think about the qualities, characteristics of whatever it is you're pairing and go from there. But the, in, in general, you want to think about acidity, you want to think about fat content, and you want to think about the dominant or primary flavor profiles of what you have on hand. 
a Belgium or a Porter or uh, Can you repeat the question because I didn't hear the first part? I'm, I'm, I guess you know when you talk about uh, you know handling fat or acidic uh, uh, right characteristic of a food. Yeah, I mean as a jumping off point. Okay, right. Is, so do you want me to talk about like something that's like a cream, something that's creamy or or okay, so something that has fat, fat, high in fat content that's going to have that mouth coating quality. You're going to want to go with something that's going to be able to cut through that, that's going, to, that's going to balance that. And for that, I look for acidity, I look for carbonation, and I look for hoppiness, for that bitterness. Because that kind of, t- in the same way that people talk about tannins in wine, because it pairs with sort of that heavier sort of mouth-coating food, that's exactly the same things that we're talking about in, in beer pairings. Did you we, have a- we have another question right over here. And if okay. you guys can keep a lot of discussion going on, which is great, just try and quietly discuss with your neighbor if, if you don't mind so you can hear. It's a little hard to hear in the back of the room. So I think that this was probably sort of covered in that last explanation, uh-huh. but is it similar to wine in the sense that if you have um, like a whiter meat, you would have a lighter beer, like chicken and like a lighter... Ale Except in, unless a, it's in general, yes. Okay. But but unless but it really depends on the preparation because the protein really is just the beginning of how that bit dish is prepared. Um, if you have like a, a a meat dish, a dark meat dish such as uh, lamb or beef, can be prepared in a heavier or a lighter, more acidic style. And so it really depends on how that how that dish is prepared. And if it's going to be in a heavier, like a cream sauce, for example, like if you have a steak with a um, with, let's say, a, a peppercorn, a creamy peppercorn sauce, then you're going to want something that's going to uh, not only stand up to the robust quality of the meat, but also cut through some of that creaminess as well. And you have to take that into consideration. Yep, for that, again, hoppiness or bitterness, acidity, carbonation, is there, any, is there anything else I'm missing? People can chime in. I, I think those are my, my those are my top three. Is that? Oh, style. Okay. Sorry. You can you can. I mean, in general, you want to look these the Summerfest, for example, an IPA, high in high in hops, high in bitterness, um, and you know, even there's there's varying, I think, characteristics within a style, like what I, what we just tasted. On the uh, on the Hefeweizen, drier, more bitter than let's say a classic Hefeweizen from Bavaria, which is more floral, a little more. It's, it feels a little bit smoother. So I think you really have to know the beer you're tasting, and you can't just go by style. We have a question in the back. Yeah. So, as another example of pairing, like if you were with your, you've got a protein regardless of what it is, and you have a very spicy sauce with it, you know, like jalapenos or serranos. Right. What 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 is good to complement and what exactly. is good to, to exactly now, now that. when we get into spice, what I like to do is go with with mouthfeel and, and smoothness, which is why I think a stout is such a good pairing for for uh, for smoky or spicy foods. Not only because it also pairs well with the the chocolate and coffee notes that you know we're we're gonna see. It's been, and Flying Dog come up here and talk about that too. But the other thing that works well with smokiness, and this is something, that, or rather spiciness, and this is something that you see a lot in Asian restaurants with spicy food. A lot of Asian restaurants are serving wine now. They're going to serve a wine with high residual sugar because the, the sugar is a foil for spiciness. 
So, you know, you find Rieslings with high residual sugar, um, Alsatian Rieslings, for example, Sauvignon Blancs with that are on the sweeter side, those um, New World white wines, New Zealand, uh, Australia, South America. Those are going to be riper fruits. So they're going to be better for spicy food. For these, you also look for similar characteristics in beer, something with a little higher residual sugar, um, something like an ale from uh, in, in the Belgian style, for example, I find works well. Uh, and you also want to, and then also like the stout because it has that smooth quality. Okay, should we move on? I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up with um, with the order here. It's throwing me for a loop. Um, all right, let's get a, let's get this next one straight. So the next thing that we're doing is the blue cheese. Is that the last thing? Oh no, we're doing the no, we're doing the guac. Have you guys had? the Summerfest lager yet? And you ate it with the guac and, okay, so you already got that. So that only leaves us with the, the blue cheese, right? Every, everything but the blue cheese, right? Oh, sorry. Sorry, there's, the, the guac and salsa go together because I, I envisioned that as something that guac, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to confuse you. Guac and salsa, that's something that I, I was trying to present as a combination that people serve together all the time. They make guac and salsa, and I wanted to give you an option for that. Did that confuse people? I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. Well, I, I guess it's too late now. I don't know what that is that you're holding up. The summer ale was meant to be with the... That was, that was right. The Summerfest was the guac and salsa. Okay. All right, so is everybody clear to move on now? Okay. Okay. Blue cheese, the blue cheese dip. And for this, we're actually going to get to hear from a brewer. And again, we're talking about the same, the, 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 the dairy product base, which is going to have that mouth, that mouth coating quality. So we're going to want to go with something that's going to be able to cut through that. And I like the flying dog porter for this, but also because it pairs well with the blue cheese. The, the toasted caramel coffee chocolate notes that are, that are classic to a, a good porter are present, but I also think, does everybody have the porter yet? No? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on. I'm going to hold on for you guys to have it. Maybe, would you mind coming up and maybe just talking about how the beer is made first while, they're, while the porter is being poured? I, and I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Dave, Eric Warner, Flying Dog Brewery. Okay, Eric, thank you so much. You betcha. Okay. Um, hi, guys. I'm the uh, uh, brewmaster and uh, lead dog at the Flying Dog Brewing Company. And uh, this Gonzo Porter, we actually just won a gold award at the uh, World Beer Cup in San Diego about a month ago. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I, I agree with uh, Dave. I, I think uh, the Gonzo Porter uh, pairs very well. Uh, I use it a lot for dessert type yeah. pairings, and yeah. you know when I eat blue cheese, I typically eat it after a meal, and so I, I think it's a, a great pairing. And he'll talk more about that. This beer, uh, the history of this was this was our tribute beer to Hunter S. Thompson, 
Those of you familiar with the brewery know that Hunter uh, kind of had an integral role at the founding of the brewery. And so when he died in 2005, we made this beer in his honor. And uh, we made it uh, big and strong and bold, uh, just as uh, he was. And so as an imperial porter, this beer has a starting gravity of about 22 Play-Doh. It's going to translate down to only about 8.5% alcohol, leaving a lot of residual sweetness. That comes from the specialty malts we're using. We're using a lot of uh, chocolate malt in this. And as such, you should definitely be getting notes of chocolate, coffee, anise. To counteract that, though, we actually have to put a ton of hops in this beer. And we put in uh, enough hops to actually get this beer to where it's 70 bitterness units. And you wouldn't guess that because of all that residual sweetness. But if you didn't put that amount of hops in, the beer would be treacly, kind of sickly sweet. So you have to counterbalance with, uh, uh, with those extra hops. We also actually dry hop this beer uh, with Cascade hops. Uh, it's not going to come out. Uh, you're not, you're not going to get that strong citrus uh, grapefruit character that you would out of a pale ale. But if you sniff hard enough, you'll, you'll pick it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so basically what Eric is talking about are all things that make this the perfect beer to pair with this blue cheese dip because the hop the, the bitterness from all that hops is going to help to cut through some of the fat but then all, all these other profile or uh, flavor profiles from the, the malt and the residual sugar pair beautifully with the blue cheese so it really has everything that you need for a perfect pairing Yeah. Um, again, with these, I use a similar. I use a similar uh, base, really just uh, mostly sour cream, and I throw some some chive in there, uh, blue cheese, and oh wait, here it is. Hold on a second. What's the other? Oh, there's. Oh, I also use cream cheese in this. Cream cheese. Yep. Um, when you want like a stiffer dip, that's when you're going to start incorporating cream cheese. Those are kind of like sour cream and cream cheese are basically. <laughs> the classic starters for, for creamy base dips. Then you can throw in some mayo. I think I actually put a little bit of mayo in this too, just a little bit for, again, for that, that mouthfeel, a little bit more fat. I'll bump up the fat even more. And a little bit of vinegar or acidity to round it out. And I guess I just want to say something about Here's to Beer and the program that... <laughs> that looks good, by the way. Um, Here's the beer in the program that I'm involved with. It's really all about education. And we're kind of preaching to the choir here, but a lot of people don't know or are just not aware of all the possibilities when it comes to beer. And, and it, we're, I think we're at an exciting time in beer, as all the brewers will tell you. This, the, the, the industry is growing constantly, but there's still so much far to go, and that's what makes it so exciting right now for me to come on and really build on it and accessing people's interest through food. And I hope you'll check out the Connoisseur program on uh, heresbeer.com. It's really great. It's very interactive. It's dynamic. And uh, I think, what's that? 
and I'm on it, and you know, it's like, and I'm, and I'm there. So there's lots of good reasons to be there. So I, I really appreciate you coming out and taking time out of a lot of, like, there's a lot of fun going out there and spending some time with me and hearing from me on what I have to say about this stuff. So have a great night. If there are any questions, I'll take, you know, questions, but you can also stick around. I'll be hanging out. But thank you very much. Yeah. No. We could, yeah. Cool. All right. So have a great have, night. Drive safe. Anyone have questions? We do have a microphone. Still got a little time. All right. Great. Uh, what's the proper dip to chip ratio? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, it's definitely higher, I think, than what you, what you got, right? Quiet in the back, please. I think um, I'd say you got, about, you got about two tablespoons of dip in each one of these cups, about one and a half ounces, I'd say. And I'd say, I'd say that's about right. Like, uh, kind of like, imagine like a half burger size grip of chips. Yeah. Does that answer your question? All right, cool. I got a question for you, Dave. Yeah. So do you feel like a lot of the people that you're exposed to, um, which we can only maybe imagine about, you're in the food world, in the wine world, are people coming around to beer and all the things that you're talking about? Definitely, definitely chefs are in love with beer and are really paying attention to beer. Uh, Garrett was saying how he's making a beer for... Thomas Keller, probably the most renowned, respected chef in America right now. Um, and certainly in New York, um, all chefs are really conscious about beer right now. And I think what's exciting, and I, and I talked about this with a reporter earlier, was now that dining in America is becoming increasingly casual, I think it creates an environment that's just going to open the floodgates for bring beer into the dining atmosphere, into the dining environment. So now people don't want sort of white type tablecloths and snooty French service or anything like that. No offense to the French. Love the French. Um, but, you know, like, um, are you French, sir? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> you don't need to leave, I promise. Um, but I think it's re- we're really going to start seeing beer and food pairings growing because of people's more laid-back approach to food. But that doesn't mean that any quality is going out the window. In fact, quality on both sides is just increasing. How food, more specific examples about how food preparation is changing? If you're, if you're making it for wine versus, versus beer. You don't change anything. You, you don't change anything about your food. You don't make food necessarily for one beer or another. Um, it's, it, you, first, you create your, your, as a chef, you create what you imagine in your head. And then you say, what's going to be the perfect pairing for this on the, on the beverage side? And now, since there's so many great beers, and beer is so prominent in people's minds, that it's just, and people are more relaxed about what they can have at a nice dinner, they say, oh, beer's... Beers in the beers in the in the play in the, in the in the running. Yeah. Over here. 
Do you find yourself using uh, more beer in your cooking or yes, find what, other a chefs lot. doing that? A lot. And, and that's been something that's been happening for a long time, uh, incorporating beer. I even, I even do beer with desserts. I use porter uh, in a lot of desserts. I use, it's a fantastic braising liquid. It's, um, you can make it a, a reduction out of it. You want to balance the bitterness. If you reduce, if you reduce beer, as probably you can attest to, you're, gonna get, you're just going to heighten all those characteristics that you're trying to balance out in the brewing process. So then you have to like kind of make amends for that a little bit in the finishing. But yeah, it's a, fa- it's, it's a very versatile cooking ingredient. Everything from braising to sauces to baking. Chili, I mean, everybody knows like a great chili... A lot of times people add porter to that or stout or it's because of those chocolate coffee notes, which are, I mean, you probably heard about chili with coffee, chili with chocolate, um, at, you know, Mexican chili, a lot of times they put chocolate in it. Um, and and the, the great thing about beer is that it already has both those things, but it has additional characteristics and complexity that neither of the two alone can add. Anyway, you guys got a lot of drinking and a lot of fun to have, so I don't want to hold you up any, any longer. Um, if there is one last question, I'll take it, sure. In the back in the blue, in the blue Oxford shirt, uh, Julia. Uh, at the back table in the blue Oxford. Do you also brew beer, or do you, do you only do pairings? You know, I, don't, you know I, really, I really would if I were home enough to like, watch it brew and like, take care of it, but I'm not. So, um, but my friend, is Mark Marion here? Is Mark Marion in the house? No, but are there any home brewers in, in here? Yeah, so uh, I, I can't wait just to do my first home brew. That's sort of like my next, my next stop. Cheers. All right, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Drive safe. Thank you, Dave. Woohoo! Thank you. Thanks, and we hope you enjoyed this craftbeer radio coverage of Saber. To find more, visit www.craftbeerradio.com/saber. Craftbeer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit www.craftbeerradio.com for more details. Let's go, let's